little cap off. almost broke. My cap did break a little bit. Welcome back, everybody. Folks, thanks for tuning in again. We're oh, back. no. Is it really that bad? Do you like, um, what do you call them, Belgiums? No. Dude, that's like a yeasty, yeast yeast. A yeasty, yeast yeast? I like the name. It was called Ethereal, but my God. It's from TF Brewing. See, I don't know. Ah, wheat beer. You know what, Cleet? I told, I texted you this morning. I said you have one job to get a good beer because we have done nothing but crack you open. Take a sip. Take nasty. a sip. I don't know if I want do it, to. Do it. Do it. Oh God. Yeah, that's, that's something, right? Well, um, and it's called Ethereal. That's actually why I bought it. I I really like that name. Well, folks, congratulations. This is another episode where we're just choking back a beer that is not delightful. Well, Britton, I'm so sorry to say I had to give him two because he lost a bet. So enjoy that second one. Yeah, I, I'm, I might even save the third one for I you. I might rescind it and say it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> I I would have lost that bet for if, if I would have known you were going to give me this to drink. I would have been fine losing that bet. Let's if I'm gonna suffer be honest. through the pain together. I, I will say it's not as bad as our Christmas one. I think that's by far the worst beer I've had in my life. I, I was telling my wife, like, literally before we started doing this shit on our show, I had no, I have never had a beer I disliked, and then this is like the fifth week in a row. Now, I used to brew beer a lot, so I, I made Belgiums. Th- these taste just like Belgiums. I didn't know that this is a Belgium. I don't like those kinds. Well, let me point out the obvious. Well, okay, it's, it's a German-style wheat beer. It's Lichte Weiss. Weiss. I don't know how to say it. I'm so upset that we just keep getting shit beers. Maybe I'm just, like, being dramatic, because every time it tastes gross, I just take a bigger gulp, and then the next one tastes better. Yeah. Well, that's what you kept telling me on the War on Christmas. You're like, dude, by the fourth gulp, it's actually not bad. I think it got progressively worse, the gulps I took. Yeah, this is actually tasting okay now. That's bizarre. I just don't think... Th- I think Hang your on, taste buds just shut off. Now it tastes good. Like, what the fuck? I don't believe you. No, I'm not kidding. I think your taste buds just stop after a while. They're like, this is so bad, we're turning off. It's just like an acquired taste. That's really strange. Let's hope I can acquire it in the next hour or so that we're doing this, because if not, I'm going to freak out. So nothing exciting has happened to us, because, you know, there's really nothing exciting in our lives. But uh, we did want to point out, so if you haven't listened to us on YouTube, we're actually uptrending pretty well so we do have youtube videos it's the same content here cleat just does a good job of putting some pictures and stuff on there so if you're more of a visual person thanks for tuning in but uh we wanted to give a shout out to one of our uh fans who comments all the time yeah uh her name is laura h and we really appreciate her support it's always nice to post a video and get some positive uh uh, reinforcement versus what happened last week. I know, and that's just the groundbreaking news, folks. We got some news. We uh, we got our first dislike. An anonymous dislike. They get the thumbs down button. So we really were thinking about it, and we think it's best that we just end the show. Uh, you know, we were we were just going for some really happy stuff, and everyone was up trending, and then we just got that dislike, and I think it's just, I, I'm done. I I'm can't do done. it. I think we're just. Cue the baby crying. Yeah, we're throwing in the towel, folks. This is the last Enter the Abyss episode you'll ever hear. Signing off. Later. Bye. Not. But no, seriously, we got our first dislike. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool if you wanted to send us an email. Why? Enter the at gmail.com. You know, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And if you're just pissed off, that's cool, too. Just let us know. Uh, but also on some other pretty cool news, uh, in just shy of two weeks, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of doing the show. Yeah, time flies, man. It doesn't feel like a year, but at the same time, it does. Yeah. We've, we've changed a lot. You know, we started doing the whole beer thing, I think, a little bit more than halfway through. It was positive up until the last few weeks, and we're just drinking nothing but shit. I'm telling you, it tastes better. 
All right. All right, to 2021, nothing possibly could go wrong nothing from at here. All. Everything that happened bad has already happened. It's just nothing but blue skies here. Cool. So what are we doing today, Cleet? What's our topic? We're going to do our next installment for five states and a unique urban legend from those states. Oh, no. The next five. This is our sixth one, so we're past the 50% mark. And this week, we have Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, and New Jersey. That's pretty exciting. So uh, I think you're going to start us off there with the good old Montana. What do we got, Cleet? You know, I only visited Montana once, and it was to pick up my ex-wife's cat. Had to drive there straight from Utah and back without stopping. 13-hour trip. And then you had a cat on the way back. I bet that was fun. Yeah, I just told her in the moment. I was like, you know what? Let's get a new cat. And then she made me drive there. So turning to Montana, their urban legend is Legend of Sacrifice Cliff. Oh. That sounds pretty dark, right? When I was looking that up, I was like, oh. Not a cliff I'd ever go to. So just to kind of describe what this is all about. So this is located in the town of Billings, Montana. And right around Billings lies a prominent sandstone outcrop of the south, on the south bank of the Yellowstone River. Now, where the river narrows and curves around the base of the cliff is where it kind of happened. Um, it. Yes, the, the infamous incident. It. The incident that we don't speak of until now. Yeah. The area is currently owned by the Bureau of Land Management, Management's for Dance's natural area since 1999. And the place consists of grasslands and rocky outcrops. So there's basically nothing there. Right. It's so let, let me ask you a question because you said like once you turn the curve, right, that's where the incident happened. Like, would you know looking at it like it happened here? I don't know what, but it happened right here. Yeah. Well, they say you can point out to just the highest point on the mountain. That's where it happened. Okay. Because um, uh, some people fell off the mountain. Either purposely or not. Well, it's called Sacrifice Cliff, so... The mountain itself has, like, a pretty steep drop-off. You're looking in some areas 200 to 500 feet. So, anyways, without further ado, let's jump into, into the legend. This was actually specifically uh, a recap from one of the Native Americans' tribes that lives there. This guy's mother named Mardell Plainfeather. I love those names. I like them. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad it wasn't like exuberant feather, just plain feather. Mm, Nothing you know, going on. It's some like people a don't need feather. to be fancy, okay? So as the story goes, uh, two warriors returned home either from horse capturing or warfare. Either or. They're the same thing. Well, you know, it's you got the settlers coming in, so they're either trying to get horses because horses weren't native to you know the United States, so they're very valuable for warfare. Right. So either capturing horses or you're fighting some people. Yeah. Yeah. What a time to live in. Can you imagine that you're only leaving your house for two things? It's like, oh, I either got to go catch a horse, bring it back, or I got to go kill somebody. Yeah. Crazy times, man. I mean, we might get there. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> the next is zombies this year. We talked about it last episode. Goddamn zombies. You have to pack the machete everywhere you go now. I just got a baseball bat with barbed wire wrapped around it. Dude, no joke. That's what my wife made me for our anniversary a few years back. Or Valentine's Day. She made me a, an official, like, Negan from The Walking Dead. She gave me, she got me a baseball bat and wrapped it with actual barbed wire. And I think that what happened is she, like, got her hair stuck in the barbed wire. So, like, ripped a chunk of her hair out. So, it's still on the bat. It looks super grisly. I have to see that. It's so cool. So, these warriors were described as fearless and protective. Obviously, they have to be. They're in a war territory. Now, 
His mother would say that they were great men and not cowards. You know, kind of just what they said. But that day, they no longer wanted to live. Oh. They made the choice to die. As the story goes, they were coming back from whatever adventure they had, and the entire village was stricken by smallpox. Ooh, that's a bitch. Yeah. So by the time they got back, basically their whole village was dead. There was one old man who was still barely alive. He warned them not to come any closer that everyone was dead. Both men had grieved so much that they told each other, let's join our relatives on the other side. And you got to really put that into context mm-hmm. because um, they did have wives, children, and you just kind of like got to think like what was what was going on? Like they were fighting, you know, settlers and they probably knew it was a winless battle. Their whole family just died. Like what would you have to live for? Nothing. It's really sad, man. I, um, I, I hope I never have to have that feeling like you've lost everything. Like what does that feel like to not have anything? And it's sad because people do feel that all the time, but I just hope I'm never in that situation where it's like, I've lost everything. I have nothing left to live for. Yeah. So they decide to blindfold their horses and just steer them off the cliff full speed. Jeez. Okay. That's crazy, though, because the horses wouldn't have done it if they weren't blindfolded. They're just like, yeah, we're going to go for a crazy holy shit. Yeah. So I was like trying to look for anything spooky in regards to this other than this just being a legend. Like, they have a lot of artifacts that this actually happened, but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of, like, spookiness that's associated to it. Um, the only thing I could find is some of the local townsfolk in Billing claim to see, like, ghosts, like, figures running towards the cliff from a distance, like, never close, or they can hear them, like, wailing by the cliff at night occasionally from far away. It's probably just the wind. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's always a creepy urban legend that comes through with it. There's there's several cliffs in the world then that have some kind of similar story because I don't remember if we were in Utah or or Idaho or somewhere but we were I was camping with my in-laws and we went to like I think it's Dead Horse Hill or Dead Horse Point or something and it sounds kind of similar where like horses would be thrown off or like they'd run off the cliff it's just a lot of horses jumping off cliffs Yeah I was doing some research and I found Skeleton Cliff I got to check that out ah, right You got to go hiking this summer Maybe hit all these all these cliffs and mountains and let's put some fake stuff. skeletons in the woods. All right, so good old Montana. Not really. I mean, there's nothing there. The smallpox thing was kind of sad, but really nothing spooky. Uh, all right, so let's move on to Nebraska. So this one uh, I have two because the most famous one in Nebraska was really small and kind of the same thing. There's really not a whole hell of a lot of context. So uh, you know, take take this one as you will. Um, but this is about the poisoned girl at Centennial Hall. Oh. Now, you've heard of Centennial Hall, I'm assuming. I've heard of... Like, you've heard it? Heard of it? Like, I didn't know... Like, I've heard of a lot of Centennial Halls. <laughs> right. So, even though we're focusing on this this one story of the poisoned girl, uh, Centennial Hall itself is said to be one of the most haunted places on Earth. Centennial Hall is Nebraska's oldest standing school, being built in the year 1897 in Valentine, Nebraska. Today, the town is only home to a few thousand people, so it's really not that big. So it's a pretty small, secluded town. For this local legend, we go back to the year 1944, where a student attending the school was murdered. Oh, damn. We got some good old-fashioned murder on this one. How were they murdered? Hmm. Oh. This girl, who is unnamed, we don't have a name for her, was a clarinetist, so she played the clarinet. 
who was poisoned by her friend. Hmm. Such a good friend. Hmm. You know your best friends and you can poison them. I wonder if it was like because she played the clarinet bad. Or better than her. Hmm. It's like she plays the clarinet so much better. For whatever reason, said friend poisoned the clarinet reed. So when the gal went to play it, put the reed in her mouth, it spelled her doom and she died. She died from playing the clarinet? Yeah, she died oh doing what God. she loved. I mean, not a lot of people can say that they did that. I mean, I know she was murdered. It's not a happy story, but she died doing what she enjoyed. Well, what did they poison her with? Uh, Poison. Oh, okay. <laughs> Literally, the details are so vague. I mean, it's a 1944, so they didn't bust out their CSI crime scene kit. I, yeah, I imagine that's going to be like the next like CSI. Death by accordion poison. Accordion? Huh? Accordion. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, it's kind of the same family as a clarinet, I guess. I mean, clarinet, uh, accordion, harmonica, whatever you want to say. Death by poison with your fingers and a guitar guitar how, lick how could an accordion kill you <laughs> i don't know it's, maybe it's like poison dust that when you scrunch it it shoots up in your face i don't know man i mean you be creative you're the one who said it so you tell me shortly after though uh teachers would report feelings of dread and unease while walking through the halls and would also see apparitions fair enough you know it'd be like really messed up you just huh. throw a bunch of accordions in the hall it's not just... on the court. It's a clarinet. <laughs> God damn it. Get your fucking instruments right, dude. <laughs> I mean, the clarinet, the big, I mean, Why that's kind of cool. But... Accordion? <laughs> I don't know where the accordion came from. Like, she's like, that's cool. I never learned how to play the accordion. So I don't know what this is. Okay. So you're throwing a bunch of clarinets in the hall. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming is what you meant to yeah. say. Yeah. I don't know. The school was eventually turned into a museum, which is exactly what it is today. Uh, some say that if you walk through the music hall, you can still hear the music being played. Good old accordions, yeah. right? Right? Those accordions. Not the clarinets. It's the accordions. What is this Oktoberfest in this hallway? <laughs> Busting out the harmonica. Drum solo. Even though all the instruments have been removed, you can still hear the music. Other reports talk about rocking chairs that will rock themselves. It's like a typical horror theme. Like every every scary movie has the rocking chair that moves. It's creepy though. So oh that's God. that's literally it. That's I mean I looked on several websites and it's just some girl got poisoned by her friend playing her clarinet and you can hear ghosts. So uh, I picked a second one. It's also pretty short, but this one's actually a lot more intense. I feel because I, I think it's better because it involves some good old decapitations. Oh. So we got murder and decapitations all in Nebraska. So uh, in the town of Portal, there used to be a quaint one-room schoolhouse on the other side of an old rickety wooden bridge. That'd be so cool to have a school on the end of a bridge. <laughs> Imagine all the kids dicking off on the bridge <laughs> into the water. Yeah, I'm curious. I'd be the dunce that's like running on the railing and falls to my death. You know. Try to lean as far as we can without falling. <laughs> It's a game. It's called Don't Die. Don't Die. Let's raise sticks under the bridge. I always did that as a kid. That was the best. The school was originally called Portal School, which I think is also a really cool name, but soon came to be known as Hatchet House. Oh. Damn. Get it? Decapitations. Got hatchets. There might be a clarinet or two in here. Huh. An accordion. Nebraska will never get ahead in life. (laughs) This legend revolves around a teacher who just had enough one day. Don't piss your teachers off because next thing your head's off. He just like I imagine like he's just in class and a she, paper, a paper ball hits her in the face and she just loses it. 
not today. <laughs> I'm done with it. So, I mean, this is why I couldn't be a teacher. I just, I couldn't be around that many kids, especially if it's like a, an elementary school. Like, my kid is enough. And he's he just now learned how to be mobile. I'm like, oh, kid, just sit down. But if they can talk back and you got a whole classroom, like, nope, not today. The legend tells that she took out her handy-dandy hatchet and started cutting all the heads off. All their heads they off. They just sit patiently in their desks for that to happen? Yeah, they just watched as their friends were just oh. decapitated. They're like, oh, I guess I'm next. Because she went in alphabetical order, I think. She's you like, got to be really pissed for that. She's like, Albert, you're first. Did they know Aaron. why she got mad? Uh, I mean, it's a classroom full of kids. Maybe, like you said, she was just like, that was the boiling point. She's like, motherfucker. But my question is, like, what is she doing with a hatchet? This yeah. was pre-planned. She's like, you know what? I'm going to bring this because this group of kids is especially horrible. And I'm going to have to bust this thing out. I'm sick of these effing kids in these effing cornfields. <laughs> Usually it's just like a yardstick, right? You just whoop them on the butt. No, she just wanted to take all their heads off. So literally, she's walking around and she's decapitating all of their heads. Once the heads were removed, she started to pick them all up and place them on the desks. Was she trying to get promoted to the headmaster? <laughs> You're such a dumbass. <laughs> oh, my God. So she's putting them all on the desk, right? Um, and then I think what her catchphrase was is about fucking time for some peace and quiet. Y'all knew this was heading to this. Oh, my God, dude. You're so punny. She then continued to teach her lessons as if nothing was wrong, enjoying the newfound silence. I just made that piece up. I don't know. She probably did. After she placed all the heads on the desk, she then thought it would be even better to remove all of their hearts. She then took them to the bridge and tossed them in one by one. This seems like a it's just unnecessary pain. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if she's using the hearts as like skipping stones. Like, she's like, I got seven on that one. When it beats, you get an extra bounce. Oh my god. So yeah, I mean that's just overkill. I don't know if this this is just sounds like something that started in like a frat house. Like, did you hear about the lady at Hatchet House? Well, I know how it started. They're like, there was a school right past a rickety bridge where a lady went crazy, <laughs> chopped off their heads. <laughs> they just grew from there. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, legend states that this bridge is called Heartbeat Bridge because you can hear the beating of the hearts below. They called it Heartbeat Bridge. Kind of hard to say. Heartbeat Bridge. Heartbeat Bridge. Say that five times fast. Most likely, the beating is due to the thumping of the old warped boards on the bridge because, again, this was way long ago, so the wood's probably warped. The portal school is, in fact, real, but due to the flooding in the area, it has been relocated to the neighboring town of Papillon, where it is used as a field trip destination. <laughs> They're taking all the kids. They're like, listen, I'm going to tell you a story. You think I'm bad when you're acting up? This bitch cut all their heads off and then dumped their hearts right into the river. And then if I was a teacher, I'd be like, I'm like 75% there, so you better shut up for the that's rest when, of the year. <laughs> that's when you have like the handle of a machete pop out of your... Oh, oops, sorry. Didn't that's mean to see crazy that. crazy ass. Uh, it is popular for those who believe in this legend to travel to the school at night, hoping to catch glimpses of the mad teacher or maybe even a few ghostly heads rolling around. It's a so, rolling head. It's funny. So anyway, I think we're headed to, uh, what, Nevada next? Oh, yeah. We're going to Area 51, aren't we? No, this is Nevada and the Headless Coochie. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Just kidding. It's got the Headless Vagina? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my sick. God. 
Yeah, so for Area 51, I wanted to leave that for maybe a bigger episode. So That's I was looking smart. for other urban legends I could cover there. And there's actually a lot in Nevada. I was going to say, Nevada is a pretty, uh, I don't want to say sketchy. It's a very interesting yeah. place. And Area 51 has so much lore surrounding it. I think oh, you yeah. can spend a lot of time. We'll agree with you on this one. I'm down to my third chug. It's yeah. actually not bad. Yeah, it's so, really strange how that works. The first one just really pissed me off. Like, I'm actually like, oh. enjoying myself. So apparently Nevada has a lake monster. Oh! So it's uh, supposedly to reside in the depths of Walker Lake, and it's been sighted throughout the centuries. Now, like, I feel bad if there was, like, an actual, like, cryptid there. Because, like, it gets no coverage. Like, you've heard of Nessie, like Loch Ness. But have have you ever heard of Cecile? No. Yeah, that's the name. So it's like like a B-movie cryptid. Yeah, it's it's like... uh, It's there, but, like, not a lot of people know about. Just the most diehard cryptid studyists. I'm trying to think of, like, a shitty actor, like, that looks like Bruce Banner. Uh, Bruce Banner? Hulk? No, shit. (laughs) What are you talking about? Who's that guy from Evil Dead? Bruce. Uh, that's Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So I'm like, even like a worse version of Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. I know I love him too, but could you imagine like a shitty version of him? Like a redneck, like chainsaw guy. <laughs> I'm here to. So like Hobo with a shotgun. Ass. God, I love that movie. Anyways, so, you know, Cecile is actually pretty famous around there. They actually have a float for her. I'm assuming it's a her. It could be a man. During the Nevada Day Parade. Oh, hmm. hell yeah. Yeah. So, the legend of Cecile seems to have been first written down in the early to mid-1800s when Nevada was first being explored by uh, settlers looking to spread out and maybe try their hand at finding gold or homesteading. Okay. According to the legend, the lake was native to the Paiute tribe who told the settlers stories of giant snake-like creatures that lived in the depths of the lake. The headless penis. And this snake was known to have eaten numerous members of the tribe. Oh. The people of the tribe, they refused to even go to the lake for fishing out of fear of becoming the serpent's dinner. The stories grew thanks to publications, reporting sightings, and even a few bizarre battles with the lake monster. Not to cut you off, but I think that is like the best name for like a bar or a pub. The serpent's dinner. Where are you going tonight? I'm going to go for a drink at the serpent's dinner. Jesus. That sounds amazing. Uh, we're going to start a GoFundMe after this. Contribute if you want to come to our pub. Yeah, you'll get one dinner. free beer for every thousand you give. Could you also imagine just like saying you had a battle with a serpent and like get, get in the newspaper? It's like Beowulf status. Beowulf. So-and-so said that they battled the giant snake in the river or in the lake. <laughs> and they won. He said it looked like a headless shaft with a hole in it. In 1864, a letter to the editor of the Esmeralda Union out of Aurora, resident Reuben Strathers said he and a friend had killed one of the monsters. Proof for it didn't happen. Yeah, well, apparently he said one. That's oh. kind of creepy, you know? Um, Cecilia too. <laughs> Cecilia <laughs> Jr.? <laughs> it's the Cecilias. He said the creature had a head similar to a crocodile with its front feet near its neck. He said it was covered in scales that glisten in the morning sun. In 1907, a piece published by the Washington Herald reports, reports that a prospector from Goldfield had seen the monster from the depths. Now, I couldn't get the name of that prospector, but I bet his name was Cletus. Probably. I've been seeing them snakes in the ocean's depths. That Man. was a lake, Cleet. 
I bet it's your great, 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 great grandfather. I come from a proud lineage of Cletus's. The story goes that Don Corneliuson and his friend John McCory had been fishing about a mile from the shore when they spotted the creature. Corneliuson said that the first sight he took, the serpent for a man in a skiff. Yeah, because that's easily mistakable. That's either a giant sea snake or a man in a skiff. And when it disappeared for a moment, he thought the boat had capsized and rowed toward the spot. When it suddenly reappeared, giving them a good view of its proportions, which they estimated to be about 30 feet in length and 6 feet across the back. That is a giant man in a giant skiff. Like, Jesus, man. Jesus. He's going to have Nessie running for its money. In 1903, the Reno Evening Gazette reported that a Japanese railroad, railroad worker had attempted to swim ashore from a boat, but was lost to the water, and it was believed the monster ate his remains, oh. as his body was never found. In 1915, the Walker River Bulletin put out a bizarre report claiming that the monsters had disrupted the lake into a kind of tsunami. Like, what the... In this story, it was said that in July of the same year, a month previous to the story coming out, there had been a violent disturbance of the water near Dutch Creek. It was so violent that some people believed it to be a volcanic eruption nearby, while others swore it was the serpents. Multiple the serpent serpents. Caused it. Yeah, because apparently there's a few. Yeah, well, they, one of them was killed. Yeah. So how many are there? I want to know how many goddamn serpents are in this lake. 55. Oh, 54 now. Hmm. Oh, is it 56? And now it's 55. I don't know. It's a good old-fashioned mystery. All right, Nevada. The story said, after the outburst or upheaval of water, which sent white horses in every direction. What? White smoke or fog arose to the crest of Mountain Grant. I'm so lost. I guess there was like a wave. I don't know. That's literally what it said. I just imagine, like, the serpent smashing its tail in the lake and then white horses flying over. I just, I, I, maybe I'm up in the night, but that's what I got out of it. And then you hear just a subtle whisper, you bastards. You bastards. And then you just see him sink into the water. <laughs> you bastards. It was not a volcano. In 1934, the Mineral County Independent noted there were underground springs feeding into the lake and that it is believed to join together in an underground passage to Pyramid Lake. Oh, God, that's what they call the serpent's lair. And that monsters traveled between the lakes using the passage. So, again, we've covered this in previous episodes, right? Remember how there's a lot of weird disappearances in Pyramid Lake? Right. And they think that that also has an underground passage to Lake Tahoe, who also has weird disappearances. You know what it is? Every lake, every ocean, every sea, they all have underground caverns. And all the bodies just get sucked in and spit up. And that's what it's this giant circulating tornado of corpses to just travel from lake to lake. I like to think it's the Triforce of lakes. You know, little Zelda reference there. There were also recordings of a similar lake serpent in Pyramid Lake beginning in the 1870s. An agent to the Paiute Shoshone tribe named Labas wrote to Major Henry Douglas who was the superintendent of Indian Affairs. In the letter it said, The Pyramid Lake Paiutes tell of their ancestors seeing a large snake or serpent in the lake, some two or three hundred feet long. 
a Paiute legend tells the story of a young man who mocked the story of the Pyramid Lake Serpent and was eaten feet first while his friend ran to get help, leaving only his head, arms, and shoulders behind. <laughs> oh, I, bet, I bet it was the same one that knocked the white horses. And he's just like sitting there. He's like listening. And this guy's like, <laughs> that white horse story didn't make any sense. A bizarre report circled for a while that on the shores of Walker Lake, two of the serpents got into a fight with each other <gasps> that could have been seen by settlers on the shoreline. The serpents then moved onto the shore, and one killed the other. The story says that the champion, s- sorry, sunned, s- sunned into the sea itself on the lake shore before returning to the water. He's getting a little nice tan. That's how he, they were fighting over a lady, and she's like, "I like the tannest one." So he killed him because he was tanned tanner, for a minute and then tanned. Yep, he's like, "It's yeah. me, baby. I'm tanned now." The Goldfield Tribune reported that eyewitnesses claimed the serpent's body was around 70 feet long. Oh. Yeah. Sightings are still reported today as people spot the creature while camping or even simply driving past Walker Lake. We should prank phone call and make it elaborate. We'll call him and we'll have a group of people just screaming and splashing in the water. You're like, there's a big old serpent and, and he, he has one of the guys at foot. And, oh my God. Hey oh, man. Here, here comes the white Pull horses. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the white horses are flying. And when you hang up. Back to the story. So you're probably wondering, how did Cecile, the serpent, get his name or her name? I generally don't know because I couldn't find anything. Um, so it could be that they begin calling the lake monster Cecile after a popular cartoon about Cecile, the sea serpent uh, uh, that involved a sea serpent. Um, See, these <clears throat> urban legends are getting a lot less specific. Yeah. It's like... Oh, you know what? There's a serpent. We don't know where the name came from. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it does, but there is a serpent, and he shoots horses out of the lake. Yeah, why horses? Because. I don't I don't, don't ask questions. It's just there. What horses? Like, I feel like before, like the first 10 states, whatever, there's always like a, like a portal to hell yeah. or like a cryptid. And this is just like, well, some girl died from poison. There's a snake in the river. We don't know why. I keep finding harmonicas in this building. has nothing to do with the goddamn story. No, it's harmonica. So whoever's trying to prank us, <laughs> I keep changing the instrument. I know. What's next? Well, we got some violins in here, too. <laughs> got a good old bass guitar. All right, I'm going to put one last thing in here. Um, last part of the urban legend. If you don't want to be eaten by the giant snake named Cecile, just bring marshmallows. You no. toss them in there, and he won't eat you. So just make sure you have a little bit of marshmallows. You know, why? make a little bit of s'mores, give Cecile his cut. But why? You'll be okay. I'll fucking know. I need Nevada. to know why. Like, this, this, these legends are just getting out of hand. I'm pretty sure people just make shit up. <laughs> just kidding. I didn't make this up. No, like, I'm serious, though. Like, where did you find this? That's why I'm, like, saying we just got to, like, make up urban legends and just, like, we propagate probably them can. on the internet. It's like, you know what? If you go to my neighbor's house at 2 a.m. and you knock on their door, they get real pissed off. But if you have a jar of salt... They're going to be just fine. You want to know why? Because she's secretly a witch who eats babies at 3.15 a.m. You know, and you so just disrupted funny. her ritual. But if you're wearing one boot with a rusty sock, you I don't just, know how a sock can get rusty, but if you're wearing one rusty sock under a boot, she'll, she'll be fine. But then if you don't, her husband will turn into a Pegasus and will fly through the window and go to go to Santa Claus land. So if you guys are still listening to this, Britain's actually... Uh, 
I lost my mind. He's uh he's kind of doing he's he's doing a bit that I had prepared for him in my next episode. <laughs> it's gonna be or not in, in my next urban legend with New Jersey. So stay stay tuned because oh. it's pretty funny. But uh, all right, Britain. So that is the scary ass uh, sea serpent named Cecile. Oh, it's an ass sea serpent. Yeah, yeah. Ass wanna... without a head. Okay, well, good job, Nevada. Guess we'll talk about Area Fifty One sometime later. But next, we're going to New Hampshire. Not Old Hampshire, that's old business. New Hampshire is where it's happening. New Hampshire, this is the Witch of Hampton, Goody Cole. That's uh, quite the name. Yeah, Goody Cole. She was a nice witch. Nothing happened, and that's it. She just gave kids candy, and that's the urban legend. I like those witches. According to uh, how all of our last urban legends have been. This is the story of Eunice Cole, who was born in England in the year 1590 and died in October 1690 in Hampton, New Hampshire. She would eventually come to be known as Goody Cole and is the only woman to be convicted of witchcraft in New Hampshire. The only one. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy, though. The only woman to be convicted of witchcraft in New Hampshire, of course. Obviously, New Hampshire wasn't like the epicenter of the witch trials, but I mean, it was still there. Cole was accused of witchcraft a total of three times. They really thought she was up to some shady shit. Maybe she just liked to sing while brewing soup. Maybe she did. I don't know. Her first accusation came in Boston in 1656 and had several townsfolk testify against her. She was imprisoned until the year 1660. That's a four-year imprisonment on an accusation of being a witch. I mean, imprisonment for being considered a witch is actually kind of a light sentence compared to what they did to other, you know, people where they were like, if you float, you're a witch and you'll be killed. If you drown, you're safe. That's what you get with communing with the Satan. In the year 1662, she was placed back in prison until roughly 1668. So she was in there for four years out. Another two years later, she's placed back in for another six years. And then again in 1671. So a total of three times she's placed in prison. Eventually, she was acquitted despite the quote-unquote just ground of vehement suspicion of her guilt. Again, she was accused in 1673 and yet again acquitted. The final accusation came in 1680. The year 1680 also marks the year of her death. Now, I couldn't find out how she died, but she died in the year 1680. She was hastily buried in an unmarked grave in Hampton. Because they literally, like, we just need to bury her before her witchcraft can continue because she's a crazy bitch. The exact location is unknown, but is believed to be near where Tuck Museum is located today. The legend tells that a stake was driven into into her heart after her death to, and I quote, exercise the baleful influence she was supposed to have possessed so she died and they immediately started stabbing her heart with a stake and then buried her in an unmarked grave well she could have been a witch vampire in which case a double tap might be necessary it's always worth a double tap a horseshoe was hung on the stake for good measure as well because i guess a horseshoe wards off evil spirits i don't know although the specifics of why she was accused over and over again is not talked about she is said to have been a terribly mean person. So she was just a horrible person. Everyone's like, that just means you're a witch. Joseph Dow, who is a Hampton historian, called her ill-natured and ugly, artful and aggravating, malicious and revengeful. So again, if only being an evil person made you a witch. I mean, it doesn't. It might make you something that rhymes with witch, but uh, not a witch. So, I mean, I don't think she should be put to death for it. Yeah, that's the one. It might make you rich if you're an asshole. I'm an asshole and I'm not rich, so... 
1938, in anticipation of the 300th anniversary of the town of Hampton, several people came together and organized the Society in Hampton Beach for the apprehension of those falsely accusing Eunice Goody Cole of having familiarity with the devil. That's the group name. Damn. <laughs> like, let me say that again. So, the Society in Hampton Beach for the apprehension of those falsely accusing Eunice Goody Cole of having familiarity with the devil. Tell me that's like an acronym. It, it must be. It's like Fathers Against Rude Television. Now, uh, so that is a huge statement, but it's mostly shortened to the Goody Cole Society, which is much better. <laughs> so it takes out like 90% of the words. A doll that resembles her was made and sold locally to help support the cause. So a bunch of people are like, nah, she wasn't a witch. Let's clear her name. In 2003, a local barbecue shop opened in Exeter called Goody Cole's Smokehouse. Because witches burn. Right. And supposedly all the meat they sell is possessed by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that part up, but I thought it would That's be pretty, pretty cool. Funny. Can I have a steak? Exercise it, please, because I need that devil removed. You know, steak is always a little bit better with a little bit of devil inside of it. They were relocated in 2006 to Brentwood, New Hampshire. So I think they're still there. So maybe we should go try Goody Cole Smokehouse. The crazy thing about this tale, though, is that there are those who still blame her for bad omens that happened in the last 300 years. So, like, literally there was one incident where a boat overturned and killed eight people. And they were so upset that they literally still blame Goody Cole for this misfortune. They're like, she tainted this town. Everything that happens is because of her. Like, I just imagine someone stubbing their toe like, fucking Goody Cole. Like, really? Could have been those eight liquor bottles that were empty or could have been that damn witch. Yeah, it, they just don't take ownership. It's all the witch's fault. These accusations stopped when a grave marker went up in the 1960s honoring her memory. So she just wanted to be remembered for something else, not the cold-hearted bitch that she was. So anyway, I mean, I get really the urban legend is now is there are still some people that live there that still blame all their misfortune and wrongdoings on Goody Cole and, you know, whatever. So that is, you know, the good old uh, New Hampshire urban legend there. So wow. So, All right. <laughs> I guess we're going to uh, New Jersey to wrap this episode up then. Yep. I don't want to do the New Jersey devil because we already did a, an episode on that. Check it out. Cleet um, did an episode. He wanted to skip ahead and ruin everything. So yep. thanks, Cleet. So anyways, I picked two uh, smaller legends. Pretty uh, pretty short. Okay. So the first one is called the Atco Ghost. Atco. That sounds like, an, uh, like a grocery store. Go pick up some milk at the Atco. The Atco Ghost resides on Burnt Mill Road in the Pine Barrens. According to lore, a little boy got hit by a drunk driver and instantly killed him. So whenever there is a tragic event, one must ask himself. <laughs> one must ask themselves. <laughs> it's a headless ass. What is an ass with a head, first of all? <laughs> That's my first question. What does an ass with a head look like? So whenever there's a tragic event, one must ask themselves, how can I exploit this to see a spirit? Right. Everything turns <laughs> into... So it, it is. Everything turns right. into, how can I make this haunted? So what people say is, if you want to see this apparition, you need to drive to the end of the road where there is a crack from one side of the street to another. You then need to honk your horn and flash your lights three times each. And sit and wait, and you'll see a child dribble a basketball across the street. What bored son of a bitch made this up? Like, yeah. dude, this road is cracked right here? 
Do you know if you walk up and you honk and flash your lights at the crack in the road, you'll see a boy bouncing a basketball? But don't you step on are that you crack. F- are you for you'll real break right your now? mother's back. These are just getting out of hand. Another way to supposedly summon the boy is to park in that spot and turn off all of your lights and shut off your car and exit the vehicle. You then need to walk at least 20 feet away and turn around and you'll see the child running towards you. <laughs> so one of them is to be as obnoxious as possible making noises. The other one is to shut all stuff off just, and just walk away uh, from your car. Okay. I, I found this on Reddit, which made me laugh. One thing is uh, kind of sad is you know on the reddit forum is someone says be careful you if you do this ritual because the parents live on that road and they'll oh, call Jesus the cops Christ. if anyone might think someone's performing the ritual <laughs> which brings me to my joke i want to start an urban legend where i like get people to go to your house and honk their horn three times and flash their light in front of you like your i'll house. kill you like it's like actually what you need to do is you need to pull up to this driveway and just start honking your horn for five minutes straight and then peel out and drive away <laughs> the address and a ghost is... will be in the back of your car the address is 123B Street. Can you imagine that? Like, happens every night. <laughs> like, I would just make an even better urban legend for your house. I'm like, you need to you need to forcibly enter the home. You need to go to the second bedroom on the left. You need to snuggle this guy because if you snuggle him for long enough, I don't know. He'll, he's gonna go right, he'll stab you. <laughs> you want to get stabbed? Be careful because he owns a gun. But sounds, if you, if you, sounds if you, like a really bad Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for some hard snuggles, but I have a gun. Okay, here's the next one from New Jersey. It's called the Hookerman of, on Long Valley Railroad. Oh, no. The Hookerman? I only picked it because of the name. I bet. This urban legend is well known in the western Morris County. Now, as the story goes, a light can be seen traveling down the Narite Railroad tracks. People say that from a distance, it looks like a flashlight or lantern. Then it disappears suddenly. This apparition is said to be a ghost of Hookerman, whom had an accident on the railroad where he fell unconscious and his arm was just lying on the railroad track. So, you know, as trains do their thing, they, uh, you know, they keep on training. So when he woke, he, when he train. woke, he found that his arm had been severed right above the elbow. Oh, so when he woke. So he didn't wake up when it happened. He just woke up later like, Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I swear I had another arm when I fell asleep here. Well, the thing is, he miraculously survived. Like, he didn't die. He had a prosthetic arm, and uh, it had a hook at the end of it. Oh. What he did is he went to Lover's Lane over on the mountain. Man. I'm kidding. He was said, while still alive, he'd walk through the tracks at night with a, with a lantern, looking for his wedding ring that he lost during the accident. Never found it. Man, people believe to this day... He is looking for his last wedding ring in the afterlife. Or maybe he's just looking for his arm. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to, you know, Hookerman's just trying to find something out there on the railroad. Ugh. Be a train conductor and you just find an arm. <laughs> just tucked into the train. Like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Right. I just kind of like throw it. Throw it over the fence. I bet. <laughs> to take it home to the dog. <laughs> Ew. Like, I got a treat for you, buddy. <laughs> Pawn that ring off. I'd throw somewhere. it over my neighbor's yard. Oh my! <laughs> I want this. So then your neighbors wake up with an arm in their backyard. <laughs> That's not suspicious. They come over like, dude, did you throw this? Arm? <laughs> Why is there an arm in my yard? There's a blood spatter like from your fence to my yard. <laughs> it's like it's like a perfect blood trail, almost as if you hucked it from that spot. 
It comes from your back door, down your deck, into my yard. That's my favorite joke. Just like whenever you have to get rid of something big, you just push over the fence into your neighbor's yard. I can honestly say I've never done that in my life. (laughs) Who does? Like, I can can bet one person who has. His name's probably Cleet. Just... Push a mattress over and light it on fire. Do I need to go ask your neighbor before I leave? Like, hey, what mysteries have you found in your backyard lately? <laughs> found a stick of dynamite. I'm going to shoot it from 20 feet away. I was wondering where half your furniture went. You're like, fuck this sofa. I no longer need it. Here you go, neighbor. <laughs> well, that wraps up our episode of, uh, yeah, Scary Urban Legends. All five right. states. Hopefully they don't get, like, I just hope we have more details next week because I felt like Three out of the five of these were like, this is what happened, but we don't know why. We don't know, like, an unnamed girl was poisoned, and that's the best urban legend you got. Well, you know, we knew about Mr. Hookerman in a lot of details. I will say, though, before I left, I wanted to put this into the beginning. I'm just now remembering it, but there is a new show on Netflix hosted by Nicolas Cage. He hasn't been around in a minute, but it's called The History of Swear Words. It is amazing. It's hilarious. I've only seen the first episode, which talks about the history of, of the fuck word. Oh. And it's pretty funny. I was Damn. Laughing. Yeah. So if, if you're wanting something interesting to watch while we're all, you know, still stuck at home doing our thing, the history of swear words with Nicolas Cage on Netflix. Bitch. It bitches, I think, the second episode. No, I think it goes shit, then bitch. Well, hopefully anyway. it's not ass. I don't know what the other ones are. I've only seen one episode. But anyway, guys, thank you again for tuning in. If you have... Uh, if you live in any of the states that we covered and you've run into these extremely uh, vague urban legends, send us the information at entertheabysspod at gmail.com, or if you have any personal stories or recommendations, send us there as well. And as always, thank you for entering the abyss. Until next time.